Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Atari Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Trevor Lawrence. How well do you know the guy? Uh, Trevor, I, I know okay. I, I can't say I'm that close with him. We've had some phone calls, like we've had other draftable players. Um, I know his coach very well. I've been uh, close with Dabo Sweeney for many, many years. and I mean, like, really close. And I know Jordan Palmer, the guy that's training him uh, out west. So mm-hmm. I know a lot about Trevor. Uh, I've seen him play live several times. And obviously, like a lot of us, he's, he's been on television so much. So I, I can't say I know him that well, but I know him. Uh, he checks all the boxes, you know. And the number one common quality of every great player, not just quarterback, is competitive maniac. He's 34-2, and won a national title as a true freshman, and uh, is a winner. That is Urban Meyer with Peter King over the weekend. On Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Not afraid to tip his hand. Trevor Lawrence is uh, going to be the guy for the Jasso Jaguars at number one in this year's uh, NFL draft. And uh, we started the show talking a little bit about Trevor Lawrence, talking about Urban Meyer and some of the transparency that he's had, but also about Lawrence not going to Cleveland for the draft. And uh, also... Uh, about Trevor Lawrence watching the draft at Clemson uh, instead of in his hometown of Cartersville, uh, which is maybe interesting, but, I mean, who knows uh, what they're going to do, what's going to be like. I picture it being very low-key at Clemson, and I think that's kind of what uh, Trevor Lawrence wants. I, I think that's him. I, I think he likes to kind of go to the local diner and sit in the back corner and and eat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's that's kind of what we've learned about Trevor Lawrence is, as we've tracked him now for the last uh, couple of months. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Monday. More NFL quarterback draft talk in just a moment with some of these other guys, uh, with Zach Wilson and Justin Fields and, and Mac Jones especially. And I also want to ask, who's the most interesting team in the NFL draft? Mm-hmm. But i got to start with Deshaun Watson, man. Again, here we are. I, I, I'll... I was reading more things about Deshaun Watson. I think now the lawsuits are up to 18. Now there's, uh, you know, this public back and forth, which is that what the opposition to Watson wants? They want to kind of let it out there and let everybody, you know, kind of, you know, whether you want to believe it or not believe it, make your own opinions. But in our society, a lot of anytime something's alleged, it's almost guilty before proven innocent sure you know it's just kind of the way it goes and especially when you have this amount of lawsuits this amount of encounters yeah but from a football standpoint since we don't know a a lot about the rest of it and who knows when that will be figured out other than this back and forth that keeps going on believe uh, who you want to believe i think what's now for sure is he's not getting traded I don't think he's going anywhere except staying in Houston. And so I have this simple question of, is he going to play football for the Houston Texans in the fall? And as you think about that question, you have a couple of ways to go about it. One, could there potentially be a suspension in the NFL Mm -hmm. as they look at what's going on? Two, he's the one that said he's never playing for him again. Mm Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't get traded, will he say, well, I get, I want to play football. So as you, as it sits now, I mean, you can come at this from a bunch of different ways, but do you think 
Watson's playing football for the Houston Texans in the fall in the AFC South. No matter which way you want to yeah. go after this. So there's a lot of roads you can travel down to come to this answer because we don't know everything, obviously. Only Deshaun Watson and the accusers know the truth right now. Now, we'll see what happens uh, in the up-and-coming days and up-and-coming weeks. But with Deshaun Watson, you've been very adamant about saying that you don't want to play for the Houston Texans, and I believe him. And I think he has the agent that would definitely facilitate, you know, any by any means necessary saying, you're not, you're not taking a rep uh, in a game for the Houston Texans. We'll do what we need to do. We saw it with Jalen Ramsey. With that being said, and once again, only Deshaun Watson really knows this. If he's found guilty in any of these charges, then you're suspended, at least, if if not more. So if you're suspended, there's no way you're going to sit out this season and then try to come back next year and say, all right, someone trade for me, let's go. No one's going to trade for you if you're suspended. right? Yeah. So, so, so let's say that Deshaun Watson opts out like I think he's going to – Pending this legal stuff right now. But I said if he's going to stay in Houston, he's going to opt out. He's going to say, you know what? I have enough money. Uh, I'll put you guys all in. I'm going to say I'm going to opt out. I'm not taking a rep for you guys. And then you can figure out next year then. And we can do the same song and dance next year. Good luck to you. So find a replacement for a year, and then we'll do the same thing next year again. I don't think Houston wants that. Um, I don't think Deshaun Watson really wants that, but I think he would take it to that point just to try to prove that, hey, I'm a man of my word. Uh, I am who I am, and I'm willing to bite the bullet and sit out. But now with these new allegations and everything, this is a different, there's more tentacles to this now. And we already know that no team in the right mind will trade for Deshaun Watson. So take that off the books yeah, right Yeah, the now. Jets, right? It's not, it's the, 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 it's not the San Francisco, at, right? The, maybe that's happening. why San Francisco, by the way, maybe even moved up in the draft sure. said, hey, all right, we, we were thinking about trading for sure. Watson, but now we're not doing that, so bam, we're going up. That's very well a possibility. But there's no team right now, I don't care how desperate you are, in the right mind that's training for Deshaun Watson. And the way that we've seen these things play out in the past in terms of these accusations, now we haven't seen this many before. This is insane. Yeah. What, what, what we 18. Got, 18. That's insane, man. Okay? Now, once again, we'll see if he's you know guilty or innocent, but I'm just saying 18 accusations, that's going to take a long time. Okay? And it's not just something we can settle out of court one day and go, no, like this isn't just going to blow by you in one day. You're going to deal with this for a long, long time. So, once again, it comes down to Sean Watson to say, well, are you innocent or not? He, he knows the answer to this. I, I'm not going to defend him. I'm not going to say he is or he's not. Only he knows, and maybe the accusers know as well. Only he knows the answer. So, if he chooses to sit out and opt out, he's taking a big risk. Because if he's found guilty, like I just said, then teams don't want him when he's suspended. But... If he's found innocent and all the, all these 18 accusations, they're, they're all, you know, fabrications or whatever, well, then you can still sit out, you know? So, like, to me, what Watson decides to do here is going to be very telling whether or not he's guilty or innocent, which is kind of ironic in a way. Yeah, I, I think uh, what this started with this clash between Houston and Watson, his agent in the middle of it. They want out. We all, The conversation piece two months ago was, hey, usually the players get what they want. Where's he going to go? Is he going to go to New York? That makes some sense. Miami, will they make a trade? A number three pick. They yeah. have some capital. San Francisco. Could Indianapolis? Could all these teams? Denver, Carolina, you name it, All these teams. And now I think it just kind of hit me over the weekend. I, I think we were trending this way when we talked about it even last week, but it kind of hit me. It's like, these teams aren't even planning as that being an option. No. Like, now this has reached a height where that's not even an option. And so much so that I would say even Deshaun Watson himself and his agent, 
the idea that I don't want to play for Houston anymore and, and, and my battle with them, that's on the back burner, man. Like, yeah. that's like secondary. You, you might we'll, never play we'll, again, we'll man. You might have to take what you can get. We'll figure that out, right? Yeah. Because, listen, like you said, if he's innocent, then he's sitting there and, and he wants to clear his name because he's getting dragged through the mud right now. Sure. If he's not innocent, he's got bigger fish to fry down the road because the NFL – a lot of dollars, potentially, uh, you know, more than just a civil suit comes into play. Oh, so he may never play again, Brent, honestly. If, if these accusations come out to be true, he may never play again. And so think about that, right? I mean, think about where this has gone mm-hmm. from the start. This was like a battle between player uh, uh, empowerment a little bit and team. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to play for you anymore, mm-hmm. even though I've got this big contract. And people wrestle with both sides of that. And now it's come to the point where you can actually ask that question, if true, does he play football again in mm-hmm. the NFL? And he's only like 20, what, seven years old? Yeah. I mean, it's un- unbelievable with it. it well, I don't know if we fully <clears throat> just sat back and, and absorbed all this, how big the Watson story was and now is. And we all just don't know the ending to the book here. And I'll be honest, I don't know. Once again, we'll see how this all plays out in, in, in the weeks and the months to come. But like with, with this hanging over your head, and let's say that you choose to stay in Houston and play, you're going to play football with this hanging over your head right now? And once again, maybe it's all discovered before the season starts, but this is this is a, a pretty heavy thing here. And like, regardless of how this turns out, because let's be honest, there's one or two things that are going to happen. It's either going to be like the biggest, you know, quote-unquote smear campaign of all time yeah. where they try to assassinate someone's character and, and Deshaun Watson's innocent. And it's like we're talking about this in media for weeks and weeks to come because – you know, what, what's the next target going to be? That's right. Or this guy's got serious, serious issues, um, and it's really unprecedented from uh, – and once again, like all these – anytime this allegation comes out, it's serious. But I'm just saying from the role of Deshaun Watson being the starting quarterback of the Houston Texans, being in the news, being a, you know, a top-five quarterback in the league, and really being a face of a franchise, if this was to come out, like that's a big story on the other side of it. So this whole thing is not going to end without being a very interesting and a very long, drawn-out story. Well, this to, to sum up your point, this is a story right now that we're talking about on sports shows. People across America are talking about on sports shows. ESPN's talking about, it's like, how does it impact the draft? How does it impact Houston, his relationship with the team? How does this impact football? If, it, if it's true mm-hmm. and these allegations come to fruition and are correct, this becomes like a national news story that you see on the morning shows, the evening news shows, not just the sports shows. Yeah. That's the point of it. That's how sure. big it would be. And you get to a point now where you're starting to wonder, is Houston kind of mad at themselves for not shopping him earlier, like True. a month and a half ago? Well, Do they no, yeah. now wish they had shopped him? Yeah. We'll wash their hands of it. And by the way, in the middle of all this is still the folks that believe there's some conspiracy going on can that we, it's Houston. Yeah, that but could, seems to can, can be, we put that – I mean, listen, I, I don't know 100%. Obviously, I can't sit here and say I know for sure. But let's just be honest. Do you think the Houston Texans were so worried about losing Deshaun Watson or him not playing that they decided, hey, we're going to bring 18 women forward and say, can you make up a story? Oh, and by the way, it's going to be a sexual assault you know, case and stuff like that, which is very serious in this country, as it should be. And by the way, if he's found guilty, or maybe if he's not even found guilty, but like it's going to be a distraction for weeks and weeks and weeks to come, and that's going to be our quarterback going forward? There is no way Houston would try to do this. You're shooting yourself in the face if you think that you can fabricate eight 18 women to come out and say, you know, he did this to me and not have it blow up in your face. There's I, no way. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, the only th- I mean, because I'm a big, like, conspiracy theory fan. Like, I kind of think, oh, like, how could this have happened? Like, there are things, and let's just be 
perfectly frank with everybody. There are things that teams cover up mm. or teams say they know what's going on, but they kind of like, all right, let's take care of this behind closed doors. You know, we'll take care of it. Sure. Uh, or that let them take care of it, but we're not going to let this out. You know, this isn't going to get out. Let's do all the best we can. Did, did the possibility that Houston knew of an event but didn't know there were 18 of them? Yeah. Could that exist? That Houston would let something out, be like, hey, we're going to, this is going to log him up. It's going to put him in a log jam, mm -hmm. and we're going to keep him. And it will eventually take care of itself. But then all of a sudden, the phone kept ringing at that lawyer's office. I got another one. I got another one. I got another one. I, I don't know. I, again, that's I super. Just, I'm just trying yeah. to play as as crazy no, down the uh, conspiracy theory list as I can. I, I, just, I, I get what you're saying, man, but I just think that. That'd be if, one heck of a movie. Yeah. yeah. If, it, if you're trying to accuse somebody of sexual assault and you're a football team trying to there's different ways to go about it, man. Yeah. To me, you just don't go down that road. Yeah. So. It's, uh, I think Watson, this offseason now, the the way – I mean, we were talking about like a 30 for 30 on this offseason, mm -hmm. and we don't even know how it ends. Like we're mm -hmm. not even halfway – maybe to the halfway point of it. Yeah. I mean, it's just – Well, it's like I said, regardless of how it ends, it's going to be crazy. It's, it's going to be a crazy ending. Uh, to switch from that to this, because I think this one – the team that I'm thinking about mm -hmm. plays into this a little bit. Um, and not in a negative way for the team, but I think they, they it's another swing and a miss potential. Who is we, – we've asked this question, and, and we, I think Mac Jones is really the most interesting player in the draft. Uh, I started to say today, now with Justin Fields starting to slip to maybe that fifth quarterback off the board, I start wondering if he's the most interesting quarterback. Yeah. Who's the most interesting team in the first round of the draft? And, and you probably yeah. would think around top 10, top 12, top 15. I mean, Miami's already become an interesting team oh, because yeah, it yeah, went from yeah, three yeah. to 12, now back up to six. Yeah. San Francisco, very interesting team. I mean, listen, I can list them for you if you want, but you know the no, teams. For sure, for sure. Who do you, you said, think is the most fascinating team? You know, you, you said this in the email, and I definitely agree with you. The first thing that kind of came to mind, just because given the regime that's in there now and given like, you know, they're kind of ready to take the next step, but the Carolina Panthers definitely stick out to me. I'm sure like, like they do to you. Um, they're an interesting team for sure. I think Atlanta could be a little bit of an interesting team because Atlanta is a team where, you know, the offense isn't really the problem. Like yeah. you have a high powered offense. Matt Ryan still had a pretty good year last year. I'll keep in mind, Julio Jones has hurt a little bit. Um, you know, you have Julio Jones come back, uh, Kelvin Ridley, like, do you go all in right now, or do you get the quarterback for the future possibly as well? So, like, the the Falcons could be interesting to me, but definitely the I think number one uh, is the Panthers and two B two A. I think I'm going the the Broncos and then the Falcons. Yeah, I think uh, I I did put Carolina. Yeah, I, the reason I think Carolina is so interesting because I think if you if you sat there in Carolina's shoes as they're making moves. Two months ago, three months ago, they fired their GM, uh, you know, rules in his second year. They're trying to uh, create cap space for free agency, trying to figure out how do we speed this thing up. Yeah. And I think they're thinking, all right, well, let's shoot five quarterbacks we like in the draft. We're mm -hmm. picking eighth. That's a great spot. Mm -hmm. uh, they got all this talent on the, on the outside and they got Kyle Pitts. And by the way. We got Jimmy Garoppolo might be moving places. Carson Wentz might be moving places. Uh, Deshaun Watson might be moving places. Um, who else has moved? Uh, heck, could we make a play for a Kirk Cousins? Uh, you know, how to – oh, Goff and yeah. Stafford, mm -hmm. right? So you're, you're looking at all these things. Darnold is still – well, Goff, Stafford, gone. Garoppolo looks like he's staying. Wentz goes to Indianapolis. Okay, that's four of those guys off the board. Where's Sam Darnold going? I don't know. 
Cousins, he's not going anywhere. Watson's in a whole lot of trouble. I, we can't go after him. No. Uh, now, San Francisco moves up to number three. Trevor Lawrence is off the board. Probably uh, uh, Zach Wilson's off the board. Probably Trey Lance and Mac Jones off the board with with Atlanta picking number four. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute now. I'm not saying we're stuck, but now we're to a point where we have to do something drastic with another team in the NFL. Sam Darnold-esque kind of move if you if you want to go after him. But isn't he kind of like, are we really upgrading Sam Darnold if we already have Teddy Bridgewater? Or do we like Justin Fields? But what if one of these other teams in the first round, like uh, Denver, moves up ahead of and goes to like number five or six because they like Justin Fields? Mm-hmm. What if... Uh, Washington finds its way a little higher because they want to get their next quarterback. What if the Patriots like one of these guys and move up? Now there's only one guy out there outside of that top five, and it's going to cost us a fortune in draft capital, too. We might have to move up from number eight. We were thinking of moving up eight to three anyway. We might have to move up eight to four or eight to five just to get our guy. Mm -hmm. And who's going to do that? Is Cincinnati going to back out of the five hole when they could miss out on Sewell or Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase or one of those guys? The Dolphins moved back up to six because they want one of those guys. Sure. So now I'm Carolina and I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> I had all these options at number eight where we were pretty satisfied at plan A, plan B, plan C, heck, probably plan D. Now we might only have a plan A or a plan B and that's it. Absolutely. And we might have to still keep our fingers crossed on that. I think they. this is fascinating right now if you're Carolina and what they're going to do to try to speed things up in this build under Matt Rule. And I'll give you the other part of this for Carolina. They paid a lot of money to Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey, what I would call right now, as good as he's been, is in the prime of his career. Mm-hmm. He's a running back. You don't get a lot of time. Yeah. So how do you capitalize on the time frame you have, that window you have with one of the most dynamic players in the game and Christian McCaffrey? Or are you willing to part ways with him, yep. perhaps with the Jets or something like that, to go get your future quarterback? Mm-hmm. Man. I mean, lot, I just get, I, those are the, the conversations that have to be taking place up in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. And, and I think Carolina is fascinating, but could come up Zippo on all fronts. Yeah. They could be sitting there with all quarterbacks off the board, nobody to trade for after the draft, and they still get a nice player, by the way. They could end up with Devontae Smith or, sure. or Jamar Chase or even a Kyle Pitts, but they don't get kind of whatever they thought they were going to get. Way back in December and January, picking in the top ten. No, you're not lying. And then, you know, Mac Jones, I don't know. To, well, like you said, Mac Jones is the wild card right now. Can he fall out of the top ten? Possibly. But, he could. But, but it's a risk. I don't know. Like, And I'm not, I'm not turned off by the idea of... Teddy Bridgewater either. Like I mean, I think he's a, he's a he's a suitable quarterback. Um, I, I don't want to call him a game manager because you know how quarterbacks are about that. I think he's better than a game manager, but no, he's not going to be the, the long term solution in Carolina. So do you just roll with Teddy Bridgewater for another year? I mean, there's yeah, you're absolutely right. The Carolina Panthers have a lot of questions right now, um, and a lot of it pending that they don't move up or they don't make a play here is. You just got to let it fall to you, and letting it fall to you, uh, the, the, the franchise and the future of that organization can go in various directions. All right, uh, let's hit the happy hour horn here on a Friday before we uh, get to another break, and still got a lot more football to talk to talk about. Happy hour horn time on a Monday. Ooh. Ah. Yeah. 
the islands and every drop of Vida de Luis tequila. 100% blue agave from tequila, Mexico. Good vibes. Vita de Louis, check it out at VitaDeLouis.com where you can get a bottle of Blanco and Yeho Reposado. Try Vita de Louis, a taste of the islands in every drop. Made in tequila, Mexico. Shipped right here to Jacksonville Beach. Locally owned in Jacksonville Beach. The only tequila company owned in Jacksonville Beach. Vita de Louis. Check them out. VitaDeLouis.com. Taste of the islands in every drop. Got a couple other interesting stories to get to. We haven't got to the NCAA tournament yet. There's Elite Eight, Florida State. How disappointing is that game last night? You lose to a top seed. That can't be that disappointing. But the way they played in the NCAA tournament, now that expectations seemingly have rised in Tallahassee thanks to their recent success. I'll talk a little bit about it. I'm not mad at my mascot bracket right now. Your mascot bracket looking okay? I I, I have USC winning the whole thing. So USC. Oh, wow. You could... I mean, you are probably doing better than in your mascot bracket than you are oh, in your yeah, real bracket. Yeah, yeah. Like, I did better yes, in my mascot bracket in the first round sure. than I did in my real bracket. But okay, but it now hasn't followed out. through Okay, yet. Yeah, no, I'm doing better in my mascot bracket for sure. Very interesting. All right, yeah. then we'll talk a little hoops. Uh, do want to have a thought or two more on these quarterbacks coming up uh, in the NFL draft. We'll get to that on the way. And maybe the oddest shoes ever made? They're up there. They're definitely up there. Yeah. And Trevor Lawrence is... Uh, Front and center. Yeah, he jumped in on the conversation. Yeah. Uh, we talk about it. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. The beer that made Milwaukee famous. Giannis Kempo, Big sign. The deer that made Milwaukee famous. Brent Martineau. I can buy that. Yeah, okay. It's all, it's all I'm throwing out there. I can definitely buy that. Hashtag and trademark. So if somebody tries to steal it, I'm suing you. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Those teams weren't better offensively than this team. This team is freakish offensively. How they score, the number of playmakers they have, the number of floor gamers they have, the number of shot makers they have. They might not be physically as tough and uh, and dominating as, as maybe those teams. They don't have the mountain masquerading as a man. But what they do have is incredible skill. Every time Kispert shoots it, you think it's going in. Andrew Nabhardt, the transfer from Florida, all right, gives him a guy to take some pressure off of Suggs. Suggs, talk about a two-way player. Suggs is the number one pick in the draft. Uh, that's the old, um, gosh, who is that? That's Seth Greenberg. It's the old Virginia Tech coach. Seth Greenberg, huh? Um, is that a point? Yeah, it should be. That's a all heck right. of a pull right there. Casey's that a point? Thumbs up for you, Casey. Give him a thumbs down, Casey. It's not a big deal. We're, we're still learning here. Relax, everybody. Uh, Relax, the, everybody. By the way, with that talk was about Gonzaga. Yeah. <laughs> They're good. They're good. I'm just saying, let's not get too attached, though, because Gonzaga finds a way to break your heart every single year. I'm just saying. Don't get too attached, Brent. I know that's your t- you have them winning it, right? Uh, well, I actually had Texas winning it. Oh, that's but <laughs> <laughs> About that. I'm certainly okay with uh, with them winning it. Yeah, I'd, I'd want to see it for sure. How disappointing is Florida State? Uh, one of note, by the way, Andrew Nebhard from Florida uh, transfer is at Gonzaga. JD JT Note JT Note JT Note uh, used okay. to be at JU. Yep. Is at Arkansas. Okay. So two former like local players, if you will, jumped in the portal and are in the Elite Eight. Good yeah. decisions by them. Absolutely. Shout out to you guys. Um, 
Florida State loses big to Michigan. Michigan's very good. Playing a good brand of basketball. Michigan right might now. have the chance to beat Gonzaga. They're really good. Yeah. Is it a failure of a season, Sweet 16, for Florida State? I mean, is that where we're at now, that the, the major disappointment that they lost in the Sweet 16? I mean, there's going to be some disappointment because expectations were so high for Florida State. But Michigan right now, and like I said, they're, they're playing at extremely high level. Um, it wasn't really a competitive game, let's be honest. Michigan just had their number. I don't think it's that much um, of a disappointment because we've seen this year, if anything, this year has been really weird, right? Like Duke's not in the tournament. There's just there's a lot of teams out there that look great on paper that it makes sense where they go far and it just didn't happen. And maybe Florida State's one of those teams, but I'm not gonna I'm not ready to sell Florida State down the river over this tournament being different than every other tournament ever before. Yeah, here's my problem with here's why I would say Florida State fan. I don't think you can be that disappointed you lose to a number one seed. I mean, Michigan's really good. They come from the best conference in America, and they're the best team in that conference, arguably. Right? I mean, Illinois very good too. So, but you you look around, one seed out, Illinois, right? Two seeds, Iowa, two seed, uh, uh, who just fell in the two seed? Somebody else last night? Arkansas. uh, I'm sorry, uh, Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Hello. It's the nature of the tournament. Yeah. And and you're a four seed, and you probably should have been a four seed the way the ACC is this year. Maybe you could have said you could be a three, but you're probably right. You're seeded correctly, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to face Michigan, and Michigan better than you on that day, and they might be better than you just about every day. I mean, they're, they're a really good team. So I would just be a little bit disappointed the way I – a lot of bit disappointed in the way I played in the tournament. Mm-hmm. I don't think they played very well in the first game. In fact, they didn't hit a three-pointer. They became one of, I think, the first team since 2014 Kentucky to win an NCAA tournament game without hitting a three-pointer. They played better in the second game, but not great, in my opinion. They played better. So I thought they were due to have a big game, yeah. and that's why I kind of like them to maybe upset Michigan. But they did it again. They didn't hit a three-pointer in the first half. They went yeah. five for 20 from downtown, and they just couldn't get in sync. So I would be disappointed the way you played. I don't think if I'm a Florida State fan, I didn't see my my team play the not even close to their best game. Like no. I didn't even see them play well in the tournament, even though they won a couple of games. That would be my level of disappointment. Absolutely. And I thought I was under the narrative that Michigan was going to kind of maybe come out cold from having you know a, a extended period off. But Michigan um, was the same Michigan that we saw pretty much this entire tournament, and they're a team that should be taken um, seriously for sure. Now you know I get everyone's uh, the Big Ten, the Big Ten. Okay. Michigan's playing a pretty good brand of basketball right now. You got to watch out for. You know, and and I love it, man. This is what we get every time. And Leonard Hamilton had, oh, they got out coach, they got out coach, they got out this. Uh, Jawan Howard's doing an unbelievable job, in Michigan. Mm-hmm. But we can't, like, I said this to somebody yesterday. When you have a bad day, you're not a good example here because you don't really have bosses. You haven't really had them. Uh, I mean, now you do kind of, but you you don't really. But if you work like uh-huh. a nine to five job, sure, and you had a bad day, does like everybody just blame the boss? For their bad day. Like, sometimes it is the boss's fault, right? Like, yeah. yelled at you or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, automatically, do you just blame the boss? Because I feel like that's where we are in sports. Mm. Florida State didn't play well. Oh, Leonard Hamilton got his butt whooped, didn't coach well. Yeah. He's terrible. See, yeah, out yeah. coach, out this, out that. Listen, you went Whoa. five for 20 from three-point land. You hit 40% of your shots. You got out-hustled, out-worked, out-rebounded. I mean, they but were like, better than you. Yeah, but if you get out-hustled... And how rebounded that can come down to coaching. It can. I understand. Listen, coaching's a factor, yeah. but it, this was on the heels of. I actually was just watching. For some reason, it was on the sports office, and I said this to uh, 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 Bruce Arians in Tampa. They they replayed like 
I don't even know why it was on NFL Network in the office, but it was toward the end. They replayed it. They replayed the press conference mm-hmm. and uh, when they're getting the Lombardi Trophy. And Arians is like, this is all about the staff and the players. I did nothing. This was all the players. Yeah. But it's just so funny. It's like, hey, you win. The coach is sitting there and you say, it's all the players. I didn't do a thing. Like, this wasn't me. And then as soon as somebody loses, the fan wants to be like, oh, the coach sucks. Then that yeah. was the coach's fault. Nope, those five guys, those eight guys that play, didn't matter. They didn't They didn't hit a shot. No, like, look- I watched Loyola play the other day. Mm-hmm. Loyola missed so many shots. They got good shots. Mm-hmm. They missed the shots. Yeah, like it. that's why they lost the game. Like they didn't play bad defense. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they got out coached. They missed the shots. Like if they had hit three shots, they would have maybe won the game. Sure. But they didn't. And sometimes you just don't make the shots. Now again, I'm not saying uh Leonard Hamilton coached the best game of his life, but no, I just listen, think it, I think it's a flaw in fandom. We just automatically go boom right to the coach. No, anytime you have a talented team and the team doesn't meet reach expectations, then it falls on the coach because you didn't get the best out of your players. That's why fans all the time want to say it's the coach's fault because you see the talent on the floor, you've seen the talent before, and then all of a sudden for a game, you don't get the maximum talent that you're accustomed to yeah. seeing. And we don't see the maximum talent you're accustomed to seeing. It's like, well, that falls on coaching because the coach's job is to bring the best out of their players. That's why fans got such a problem with it. Yeah, and have them playing the best at the right time, all that stuff. I, I Listen, I'm not absolving Leonard Hamilton. I just – the narrative of it just gets tired to me. It's like yeah, just it's, quickly – Some um, people think. Uh, – on the coach. But uh, anyway, Florida State will be back. You know why? Now I'm confident they'll be back. Sure. Because I didn't know they'd be this good this year. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, yeah. I mean, Florida State's anywhere. to the point now where it's just like, okay, now you expect it. But I will say this. When you have raised the expectation, mm-hmm. when you raise the standard, which is an awesome thing to do, mm-hmm. one thing is you got to push that standard even higher and farther, and that means you have to win big eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, you do have to do that. Like you, you, you got to go to a Final Four. Last year might have been the year, and they get kind of denied that by the whole pandemic. But mm-hmm. you got to get there. You got to do that. You know, that's part of the thing with Gonzaga. Gonzaga's from Cinderella to now this standard that they set. That you're almost like, okay, guys, you're great. You're an unbelievable story of the last two decades. Mm-hmm. But you haven't won one. Yeah. You haven't won one. You're not the real deal story until you win one. Gonzaga's facing that this year. And by the way, they might be good enough just to do it anyway. <laughs> because, we shall see. Uh, they are, in in my opinion, I mean, just watching them to the – they're fun to watch. They they're look good. like they're playing with NBA guys, like five NBA guys on the floor. They're good. With their guard place. Nebard's such a big guy anyway. The mm-hmm. way they can be in the paint, they're so controlled. Yeah. Their, their body control on, on drives to the basket or in their efficiency – it's just ridiculous. Oregon State, Houston, who do you like tonight? Ooh, give me the Ducks. Uh, I'm sorry, no, the Beavers. Sorry, the I'm Beavers, at my bad. Yeah. Beavers. And by the way, in the broadcast the other day, they kept saying Oregon. Like, on a couple of times, they'd be like, Oregon. I was like, hey, folks, the folks that out there don't like you saying Oregon. Is it Oregon? It's Oregon State. Oh, Oregon State. Gosh, <laughs> you know? My bad. That, yeah. I mean, like, you wouldn't say state. Uh, I forget if it was the analyst or whoever. Yeah, like, yeah. You better say Oregon State. I bet they're getting phone calls. Um <laughs> I kind of like I, Oregon State. I, I can't believe they've been this far of a run. I like Houston tonight. Arkansas, Baylor. Could Baylor. be good. You I like, like Baylor? Baylor. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I think I'm rooting for Baylor. There's another story. That'd be nice yeah. with, a, with to cap it off. Yep. Um, Houston's going to get after Oregon State. I think that Houston game's not going to be that close. They're another one that I don't okay. think they've played great mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. And this might be a great game, and Oregon State's going to, you know, be the victim okay. of that. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, how about the shoe thing? Yes. With little Nas X and oh, yeah. Trevor Lawrence jumped in on the tweet. 
Give yeah. us the background. You're better at this than me. Well, and Kuz can definitely help us out, too, as well, with Lil Nas X. But, okay, so first of all, Trevor, far be it from me to give you advice about how to handle your social media. Because, once again, you're a lot better person than I will be. All right, Trevor Lawrence. They they call him. You know. You know what they call him in Better Homes and was it Better Homes and Gardens or Southern Living? I think it was Southern Living. Southern Living. I think so. He's a baby whisperer, right? <laughs> like babies seem to love Trevor Lawrence. Not even joking. Like that was an article in Southern Living. Babies see me. They they learn how to walk real quick and run away from me. Okay, because I'm intimidating, Brent. But when we're talking about Trevor Lawrence's social media use, you're gonna learn real quick, man. There's two th- there's two things that if you post on social media, regardless of how great your intentions are, well, regardless of what your upbringing is, there's two things we post on social media that you will always get blowback from. Politics, religion. Mm-hmm. Okay? Trevor Lawrence chose to post about the latter, and that being religion. Now, to set the scene real quick, Lil Nas X, Brent, we know him from Old Town Road, yes. right? He was, I think he, he was a big con- contributor to the show a couple times. We, we played a song, Old Town Road. Yeah, right? yeah I think was, everybody's played the song. It was all the talk. And you know how I felt about it. Oh, I was never a fan of Old Town Road. No. It was my song that I had to walk out to in the LFA, and I got knocked out because of it. Didn't get knocked out, but I got stitches because of that song. Yeah. That, that That's was all a, because of the song. That was the fight in Dallas. Yeah. yeah. And, and Lil Nas X, by the way, is like singing this song with elementary school kids. He is. No. I don't think he's trot- trotting out these shoes with elementary well, kids. Well, no. No, but, but let's... Hang on, but see, no, I'm glad you brought that up, though. Yes, he's singing with elementary kids. Look at the lyrics, though. Not the best song. Yeah, true. He's singing elementary kids. Yeah. So parents, let's do a better job. <laughs> now, you take Old Town Road. <laughs> well, that comes from a parent let's... who is rooting for as many stitches as possible for his kid the other day. <laughs> well, that's true, too. That's true, too. So we take Old Town Road, and now let's go ahead and elevate it to the nth degree. And, and let's talk about the, the new one, uh, Call Me By Your Name. Okay, Uh, the music video is super aggressive. I'll just leave it at that. Okay, and to market the music video, which I guess like reached a record on Spotify and all this stuff, he put out um, these shoes. Now they're Nike shoes, but Nike's got nothing to do with these, right? The way it works in the shoe game is, if you're a sneakerhead, yeah, yeah, you take a pair of Jordans, but then a company will take those Jordans and then put their own twist on it, and that's when you see like the exclusive, you know, the offers and everything like that. So when we talk about these sneakers, well, in in accordance to the music video, let's just say that they're very uh, geared towards devil worshiping. Okay, they're they're releasing 666 of them. Mm-hmm. They're black and red. Um, there's a, a Bible verse on there that talks about Lucifer. And if that wasn't enough for you, there's people's blood in the shoes, right? They're they're actual uh, human blood. I think it was 60 cc's of blood in each shoe. Which I don't know how much CCs even is, Brent. But it, it features a bronze pentagram charm, sure. an inverted cross, there and it actual is. human blood. There it is. Satan shoes is what yes. they're called. Now people made the mistake in saying, "Well, Nike, how, how can Nike support?" Nike had nothing to They've do with this. They tried to distance themselves. Nike's in fact, not they gonna, may sue the. Oh, oh guess what? Yeah. yeah. Lil Nas X about to be in some trouble. Okay, might just be X when they take his name away. <laughs> we'll see. Nike's that powerful. But with that being said, Brent. If you're Trevor Lawrence, man, and I understand, you're a man of faith. You've been a man of faith since you're a freshman on campus, since I talked about it before. Guy didn't want to go party, so he, he joined, like, joined like this church group, and then he became religious after it. More power to you, man. I'm all for it. I understand that a lot of people got a problem with the sneakers, and if you want to speak out about them, that's fine. But if you're Trevor Lawrence, you get to realize real quick, man, if you start speaking about religion, whatever, how do you feel about it, people are going to have an issue with it. Yeah, and my take on the him, he tweeted, by the way, line has to be drawn somewhere, shake my head. 
Yeah. And by the way, like I actually have no problem with him tweeting about it. If you believe what yeah, you I'm, believe yeah. what you believe and tweet, I don't think he was pushing it on anybody. It's just a belief of his. Like this is too far. Like, sure. So I don't have a problem with him tweeting about. It. But your point is, get ready for the backlash, right? I mean, well, because coming, yeah. anytime you do, I mean, we know it. I mean, we. Yeah. It, in, in the world we live in, too. I mean, we, we yeah. try to avoid politics yeah. and religion because we know you ain't winning that. Yeah. It, there's just a there's going to be both ends of it. Yeah. And so um, but if you're willing to put yourself out there, I think it actually says maybe a little bit more. about Trevor Lawrence was very but, active in the Black Lives Matter movement. No, for sure. For sure. Um, obviously, this from a, a religious standpoint but, and COVID as well. And let us play. Yeah. I mean, so he's not afraid to put himself out there as my no point. it's good but just get ready for the blowback yeah, man because like this, okay uh, but that, the, this is this is artist is artistry and it's music brent like this has been going on forever people yeah. thought bowie was a satanist david bowie you know like the, every generation has their little non-sex right like for me it was marilyn manson like don't listen to marilyn manson albums because the guy believes in you know the devil like columbine was because of marilyn manson like people can can put these narratives and, and hate on it and that's fine that's your opinion that's your prerogative but i'm just saying from trevor lawrence's perspective man you got to watch what you say about religion and politics because there's going to be a backlash whether you like it or not yeah and uh I, my guess is he's smart enough to know that and then said hey, i feel strongly about it i'm gonna put it out there more power um, to you just so get ready for the blowback yep uh, we'll be back action sports jacks on espn 690 back to football to finish the show on a monday if you notice the people we signed either had some relationship with members of our coaching staff you know we signed a, a corner from uh shack from uh, seattle we have a special teams coordinator and an offense coordinator from there um and i also knew a player that coached played with him in high school and grew up with him and, and so we we did as much homework and i i put i don't want to say put a lot of pressure but i really i don't want people coming in this locker room that we don't at least have an idea what they're all about and that's going to be very important to me and obviously our coaching staff and organization so we relied on as much intel, I called it, as, as we could. And the best intel are former players. Like uh, I asked K.J. Hill, I said, tell me about exactly what he's all about. And um, so they, he shared with me what what he's like in practice and et cetera. That is Urban Meyer with Peter King. He's done a lot to, to vet these guys out. It's fun to watch Urban Meyer with this process. Again, I, I don't really feel like we had a front row seat. Mm. To Tom Coughlin doing this, <laughs> to you're not even in the same arena as Tom Coughlin. Like you're in the next county over. Yeah, to Come Doug on. Marone even to any off season like this revealing. Yeah, uh, and some of that, by the way, is the national attention that Urban Meyer brings. Like Peter King, want, Peter King probably wasn't asking, you know, hey, can can you get uh, Doug Marone on? I mean, no, no disrespect to Doug, but. Mm. I think people are trying to seek out this transition from college to the NFL with Urban, who's obviously one of the all-time winningest coaches in college. Mm -hmm. And so it makes a lot of sense, plus the notoriety that the Jags have with the number one pick with Trevor Lawrence. So all that adds up to be like, hey, we all get a sneak peek at this. And, and I just feel like, again, Urban's been very revealing. Only got a couple minutes left on the show here. ESPN690.com, by the way, for your Dream 18 golf card. Heading up on Masters Week. Got a little golf fever. Golf courses are filled. They're looking good. The weather's good. Go check it out. ESPN690.com for your Dream 18 card. Get some free stuff along the way. Don't forget to send in your Shock Your Mocks. Hashtag Shock Your Mock. By the way, we've got some DM activity now. People are going to my DMs with Shock Your Mock. It's not, it's not how we sign it up, but... Whatever it takes. If we get, I mean, uh, I guess if we get low on, on ammo here, we can definitely use one of the DMs one as well. All right. Uh, we won't get low. Uh, live oh, local I, loud no. coming up next on ESPN 690. I just want to finish up with these quarterbacks. Mac Jones is going to have pro day tomorrow. Justin Fields pro day tomorrow. Yeah. 
I mean, do these guys like I didn't really feel I know uh, Zach Wilson wowed Trevor Lawrence wowed. I just didn't feel like they were going to slide up or down. It, it's not maneuvering anybody. I, I might feel differently about Fields and Mac Jones. Like I, I feel like Mac Jones may solidify himself at number three or make someone like Carolina say, hey, if he slips past three, I'm going to go get him. Justin Fields. I don't know where he is in the mix now all of a sudden. And so I kind of feel like this might be a big pro day for Justin Fields. I don't, Am I overvaluing it? I think you overvalued it a little bit because let's be honest. Mac Jones is the most accurate passer in college football. So, of course, he's going to go out there tomorrow and probably put up 50 of 50, right? He, he, it's going to be an A-plus effort. And what are we going to say? Yeah, he's, he's accurate, but can he move around in the pocket? Is he a dual-threat guy or is he a system guy? And then from the other perspective, when we're talking about Justin Fields, once again, I think Fields goes out there and he kills it as well. I mean, that's what these pro days are set up to do. But what we can't see with Justin Fields is can we simulate when it goes bad? Can we simulate when he starts to put pressure on himself and he makes us air and throws? You can't do that at the pro day because it's tailored for him to succeed. So I'll be honest with you. I learned nothing tomorrow from these guys. Yeah, I mean, overall, I probably tend to agree with you. I just feel like the momentum, the narrative, now as we enter one month away from the draft, it's lost on Justin Fields. Like, I don't know where it is. Like, I don't know where it sits. It feels good about Mac. Yeah. Like, Mac feels like he's going to be a top five pick. Mm-hmm. Like, now, like, if you asked me to put my house on it, I'd, I thought a guy that could be all over the first round might be a top five pick for sure. What do you think Justin Fields runs tomorrow on the 40? And if he does run the 40? Oh, I could, I'd be a bad guess. 3-9 right probably, 3-8 because he's running downhill. Because <laughs> yes. that's what Ohio State does. They cheat. Get a Buckeye. <laughs> cheat, you get a Buckeye. It's not happy. What's Buckeyes. Up? Where's the Buckeyes at, man? Buckeyes waiting yeah. at the finish line. Stole four of those bad boys. Where are they at? Right there. <laughs> Stole four of them. Someday, you're, to get one. someday you're going to have to. Got four of them. You're going to have to explain yourself to Urban Meyer. Not, oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, put, put that down. <laughs> someday you're going to have to explain yourself. Hey, you know what? I was giving one of these right here. Put up the deuces instead. Uh, we're going to deuces on a Monday. We'll yeah. be back at it 3 o'clock tomorrow on ESPN 690. Live, local, loud coming up next. We'll see you on TV as well. CBS 47 at Fox 30.